book of mystery, champion of right. Swoops out of the shadows, Dark Queen owns the night. Somewhere some villain schemes, but his numbers up. Dark Queen Duck, when there's trouble you call DW. Surprise! Who's that cunning mind behind that shadowy disguise? Nobody knows for sure. Bad guys are out of luck. Cause here comes Dark Queen Duck. Look out when there's trouble. You call DW. Are we singing today? Just uh, <laughs> to get it out of the way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Nicole, I kind of always try to make Ryan sing because the man <laughs> has the man's got a voice. Nice. Uh, I like the male version of Macy Gray. That's what you <laughs> you wrote that today. <laughs> that is literally you. No, but uh, nah, you're not going to have to sing. I am the podcaster whose mouth flaps in the night. I am the earworm that wedges into your canals. I am the well-read mage. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of MageCast. And man, am I tired. Been podcasting all week. This episode is like our final boss of podcasting this week. We've been prepping for a story mode podcast. Ryan knows what it's all about. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but... Uh, I've been looking forward to this episode all week. Man, I can't, I can't wait to get into this subject. Uh, I have two very special guests with me here tonight. First time on MageCast ever, I have Nicole, a.k.a. Red Ox. How are you tonight? Hi there. Doing pretty good. Awesome. Thanks for stepping from the shadows to appear on this on a Friday night, too, of all things. Well, you're welcome. I heard a dangerous time was about to go down, so I'm pleased to be a part of it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, you came highly, highly, highly recommended for this episode. Uh, I was like, hey, I want to do a Dark Queen Duck <laughs> podcast. People were like, have you heard of Red Ox? <laughs> <laughs> uh, even here from, uh, from our good friend Gigi, a.k.a. Hungry Goria. Uh, said I was going to say Red Ox PDX had better be a part of this. Looking forward to it. Smiley face. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Awesome. And my other guest is no stranger to MageCast or St. Canard for that matter. <laughs> Ryan, Retro Game Brews, the Beer Mage. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, you're not exhausted or anything? I'm extremely exhausted, but we're going to soldier through. through. (laughs) (laughs) We're all the three of us are exhausted, but we're going to soldier through. That's inspiring. Um, But so let's let's kind of get a little more out of you folks uh, if we can. But let's talk about uh, what you might be playing right now. Nicole, you, you plugging through any any games right now? Yeah, so right now um, I have been playing on my uh, on my Twitch channel Wednesday night streams. To be honest, about the only time I get to uh, play video games with uh, 
uninterrupted or only slightly less interrupted time is when mm-hmm. I stream on Twitch on Wednesday nights, and I've been playing Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, my second yeah. playthrough of it ever. Lots of wandering around in the dark, sitting quietly at my computer and my <laughs> and my TV going, how do we do this? How do we do this? And crazily waggling the Wiimotes with great emphasis nice. at the screen. Um, generally, though, when my life's a little more in order, I play Link to the Past randomizers. Um, and I've been playing several of those, not to the point where I'm really doing speed runs. I've been a participant in the Retro Game Brews High Score Challenge and Tournament. <laughs> it's a great time and highly recommend And then finally, um, just two years ago, I got my first ever copy of Darkwing Duck for the NES. It's one of the few uh, Disney Capcom games that I didn't have as a kid. My dad and I hunted and hunted for it and never could get a copy. Mm -hmm. And I recently, just a couple years ago, picked one up and um, have played it through a couple times and really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, it's not not too common of a cart to find. I don't own it um, either. And uh, yeah. Well, I don't own the cart. I've got a I've got a different version that we'll talk about later. But uh, so Skyward Sword, though Skyward Sword, is one of those Zeldas that has a, a bit of a reputation, as you probably know. Um, it sure does. What's your overall impression of the game? So this is my second playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, the first I played when my son. I have two kids, a son and a daughter. My son, he was about four, and my daughter was a tiny baby. So I have almost no memory of it because I also had almost no sleep at that point in my life. <laughs> and. Uh, what I remember from it, though, it's probably the most beautifully orchestrated and story-driven slow Zelda of all of the ones I've played. And I've played all of the ones that are main console lineups and beat all of them except for one that I might have slightly rage quit. But other <laughs> than that, the plus of the game is how beautiful the story is, how slow the gameplay is. You really get to learn all about the different characters and all the NPCs have interesting stories and are fun and creative and just really more expanded than we've seen before. Um, the drawback is, at least for me, I get a little challenged with the motion controls, but I'm willing mm. to overlook that to enjoy the music and the story. But it is very different than those of us who grew up playing those 8-bit and 16-bit, you know, one screen at a time Zelda games. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a Zelda I've not played yet. I'm kind of holding out for uh, a Switch remaster at some point, Mm -hmm. sans the motion controls. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be a system seller right there. They've said several times, though, I've heard a Nintendo kind of, you know things on the internet that that perhaps won't happen because it is called Skyward Sword. So the motion control is like very essential to it. Mm. I personally think it could be accomplished with the Joy-Cons very effectively and it could be improved too um, just because of the mechanics of the Joy-Cons are a little better when it comes to motion control. But the other thing that I like to say on my on my uh, streams of it is, well, I'm playing this so you guys can enjoy it and not have to. (laughs) I'm swinging my arms so you don't have to. That's right. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, and Ryan, so uh, what do what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Uh, so obviously we and we're doing Darkwing Duck, so I have been playing through Darkwing Duck. Actually, I got to, to beat it uh, here fairly recently, which has been a, an absolute treat because I have always liked this game since the moment I got it. Uh, but also one of the things that I've been playing is Super Dodgeball, which mm. is a game that I never played as a kid, but 
recently realized that it was available on the Switch Online for the NES. And so uh, what we'll end up doing here very shortly on uh, March 7th, we've got uh, eight people. We're going to be joining me for another RGB High Score live event uh, in which they're going to be playing Super Dodgeball against each other. So that should be a blast. I cannot wait for it. Starting March 7th, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you guys definitely want to check it out, you're, you are certainly welcome to. The more the merrier. Uh, on our end and uh, the one other thing i would like to say nicole is that you kind of sold yourself short there you said that you are were a participant of rgb high score live but uh quite frankly you were a winner it was, it was. <laughs> um, i wear my bubble bobble crown proudly no, and it was so spectacular to watch you win and then have your your your, uh, your kids come in and kind of cheer yeah. you on for the, the final round that was so cool so it was a lot of fun that's cool bubble bobble did i hear Mm -hmm. I, I love that game. Wonderful. Uh, well, as much as I wish we could talk about Bubble Bobble now, uh, we'll have to <laughs> do time. a Bubble Bobble episode next time. Yeah. So this twist is my arm. Yeah, twist. Yeah, I don't have to twist it much. Evidently, you've been on this show like seventeen times already. We've only done forty-five episodes, Ryan. You're just like knocking on my door every day. Come down on the show. Uh, can I hang in them? Episode. 45, The Duck Knight Returns. We're talking about Dark Queen Duck, developed by Capcom and published on the NES in 1992. was later ported to the Game Boy in 1993. A couple of mage facts about uh, Dark Queen Duck. Dark Queen Duck, a.k.a. Drake Mallard, was inspired by a variety of classic Golden Age comic book characters. Uh, I foremost think of him as inspired by Batman because I'm a a prime Batman fan. There's also the Sandman, the Green Hornet, the Shadow, as well as the Lone Ranger and Zorro. The Shadow's alter ego, to remind you, was Kent Allard. So there's a bit of a play there. Uh, a mage fact submitted by Sanity Crypto, who said, This will be a great one. Got to speak with Red Ox PDX about this during an RGB high score exhibition. Did you know, Red Ox does, that the show was... A <laughs> I kind of got this gist that you're an expert on Dark Moon Duck. <laughs> Did you know that the show was originally pitched as Double O Ducks, but had to be changed to Darkwing because of IP conflicts with James Bond? Which I think is a little silly, but... Mm. Uh, yeah. You don't mess with the broccolis, though. Come on. Yeah, it's a little interesting. Uh, Darkwing Duck, the game, was included alongside Tailspin, Chippendale Rescue Rangers 1 and 2, and DuckTales 1 and 2 in the Disney Afternoon Collection for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, which is an absolute delight of a retro collection. Have you folks played that? Yes, I have, but I played the, I have the original cards. Yes, which is the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> if you can track them down, right? Do you have, right. so you have all, what is that, two, four, six, that's, yeah, there's a lot of games. Do you have DuckTales too? I do. That's the rare one, isn't it? Yep. And I have a um, homebrew version too where you can play as Darkwing as player two. That's so cool. Wow. It's really fun. That's cool. <laughs> I'm coming over right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, have you played Disney Afternoon Collection? I have not. Uh, and you know what? Up until yesterday when we were talking about this, uh, I had actually never heard of it until then because, uh, you know, I'm... Mostly focused on retro, so uh, <laughs> even though I do have a PS4 and an Xbox One, it's it's not always on my radar necessarily. But uh, that's it's going to be a purchase next time we go to the game store. Oh man, that's what you got. I I I wonder if it's available physically. Um, I don't know. I believe sure. not. Yeah, I do not think so. It was only a digital. 
a digital release. Okay. Mm-hmm. Steam it is. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to look for um, maybe limited runs, run games will put out uh, a physical edition. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I would love to own a physical edition of Disney Afternoon, Afternoon Collection. I don't own any of those games, I think, on cart right now. And, uh, yeah, what a delight to play some of them. I love all of them except for Tailspin. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of Tailspin. Uh, even the show. Uh, in this last gasp, <laughs> gasp. <laughs> yeah, this last mage fact here is fact: you can and should watch Darkwing Duck on Disney Plus. Now, I already had the show on DVD, um, but if you don't have the show on DVD, uh, you can watch the show on Disney Plus. Lots of people are getting Disney Plus. That's the way to watch it. Whatever you got to do, though, just watch rewatch this show. Okay, it's a delight. What? One quick fact about the Disney Plus, though. They, I believe, have included all 91 episodes. And as far as I'm aware, some of the ABC episodes were not included in the DVD release. Hmm. So Mm. if you want to watch all of it, it's available on Disney Plus. Ah, Hear that, Mickey Mouse? I'll expect my check in the mail. (laughs) We're plugging Disney Plus for you. Um, but let's get into talking about the, the, the Darkwing Duck franchise. And honestly, what I really want to start with, though, is, uh, is cosplay. So, Red Ox, you've got uh, this amazing passion for Darkwing Duck. Uh, everybody on Earth seems to know you. Well, everybody on Twitter, <laughs> at least, uh, seems to know that, that you love this character. And it's so great. Uh, my big question is, why Darkwing Duck? What What is so special about this character for you well i'll tell you that it's a bit of a story but how um the cosplay started specifically was i uh i met the creators of the darkwing duck comics so at um i believe it was a wizard world comic-con back in 2016 i'm there with my uh, my friend and we're walking around and the places there's not much going on it's a Friday night they're gonna close in like an hour and across the room I saw this giant darkwing duck banner and I just grabbed her and drug her over <laughs> like what is this I was so excited met the comic um, artist James Silvani and the author of the comics Aaron Sparrow who really have captured the vision of the Darkwing Duck comic um, releases that are more current than the TV shows and they were I came up with full fandom dorkiness and they were so nice to me (laughs) and after that um, I bought all the comics on the spot because I didn't even know they had comics and uh, a giant poster which is in my office at work that just is dangerous on the bottom. And uh, it just became my inspiration. I brought them home, read them with my kids the next day. I think my son Luke and I must have read the first four or five of them just immediately. Went to the comic book store and um, put in an order for the rest. And the rest was kind of history. My kids fell in love with the comics. We watched the TV shows together. And the next time Comic-Con came to our town, I said to myself, well, what are we going to go as? We'd already started cosplaying a little bit. We'd done some homemade things that I'd made with the kids, and we like to make our our cosplays together. So our first Darkwing Duck cosplay was all three of us, inspired by the comic books. Um, one of the uh, one of the issues was called Crisis on Infinite Darkwings, yes. and it was <laughs> parallel universe with all these different Darkwings in different 
semi, like they were different parallel universe Darkwings, right? All the infinite universe. And so we were all a different, slightly different version. And we went back and um, Aaron and James were at this Comic-Con with us and they were, they were very excited. And just all of us were having such an amazing time. It just became an instantaneous love in my family. I, of course, had been a fan when I was a kid. Um, didn't know that really much was still going on with DuckTales and Darkwing. And then here we are, 2016, we've refound our great love for it. And then they announced that DuckTales is coming back in 2017, right? <laughs> and I heard rumors on the, you know, on the internet and rumors at Comic-Con shows and stuff that maybe Darkwing would have an appearance at some point, which of course, naturally, he did. And they have a great uh, Darkwing storyline spin up. The other piece of why did this become the cosplay for me or sort of the fandom is I found just such a great duck fandom on the internet inspired by stories of reading the comics with my kids and what great um, family reading they were. They were fun for adults. They were fun for kids and they encouraged my children to learn to read, which was amazing. And then I would go to Comic-Con dressed as Darkwing and people would just come up to me. Oh my gosh, you're Darkwing duck. That's so cool. I loved that show so much when I was a kid and I had all these great interactions and even some folks who said to me what a big part of their childhood, um, the, the characters of Darkwing and Goslin specifically, how, what they meant to them. And it really made these connections how Darkwing was this great father figure for an adopted daughter. And that made such an impression on them. So it was just really special for me to be a part of the fandom. And it just continued. Now when I go off to... Oh, for instance, um, another West Coast Comic Con's coming up in a couple weeks. I'll walk up to people and say hi, and they go, "Who? Wait, who are you? Oh, oh, oh you're Darkwing. Oh, hi!" And that's how they know me. <laughs> so heartwarming, uh, man. I, so I've yeah. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I now this is this is weird. I actually remember the first day that I followed you on Twitter. Um, because I was scrolling through folks and, and, uh, I think I was relatively new to Twitter at the time. And I remember finding your account and I looked over at my wife and I was like, I was like, Blythe, look at, look at this dark queen duck cosplay. <laughs> this is like legit stuff. Cause I've seen some, you know, you, you find some cosplay on, on Google images, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, high quality stuff. I mean, well, thank you. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's great. Um, so that's definitely cool. Another cool thing, um, despite the fact that I've, I don't think I've ever read a Darkwing Duck comic, um, and gosh, I was trying to figure out if it was the same artist who did the Earthworm Jim comics, because in my head, um, it looks like it is, but I'd have to look up that information. But, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the crisis, um, what, what was it? Crisis on Infinite... Crisis on Infinite Dark Wings. Yep. Crisis on Infinite Dark Wings. Um, so I'm a humongous uh, DC Comics fan. I don't nice. don't read DC Comics much anymore because I can't afford to buy comics all Same. the time. But um, I love the graphic novels. I've got a graphic novel collection. Um, some of the Darkwing Duck comics uh, that I've seen that parody big DC events and DC graphic novels just so endear me to this character and this world. Um, I love the one where uh, I, I think it was a cover of uh, Quacker Jack holding the camera. Um, yes. With, uh, do you know the name of that 
comic? Uh, it's in the Definitively Dangerous Edition. I don't remember which okay. one it is, and that's not one of the ones I have in front of me. Uh, okay. but it's from the Quacker Jack storyline, I believe they did. Yeah, um, there's also a whole series of them in prison. I'm checking my comics right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the Definitively Dangerous Edition in front of me because I have it signed by a bunch of people, and it's all expensive. And oh, it's yeah, you got to keep that. Yeah, keep that watertight um but i love that that's a parody of the killing joke uh yeah. so great um man so yeah the the parody aspect of darkwing duck is something that um i really fell in love with with this character when i first watched the show again never never read the comics but the show was a big part of of that so this kind of um goes toward answering the question by cardiac drop uh my question is for the amazing red ox pdx what inspired you the most about Darkwing Duck to personify it as one of your mainstay cosplay characters? And do you think this game should be rebooted like DuckTales and have the same impact for buyers to want to buy it, to want to buy and play it again? Absolutely. So answer to part one, absolutely yes. The inspiration for me was the comics because that's how I introduced it to my kids and how it inspired us to do it all together as a family and how much fun we had with that. And then... Um, part two, could it be a Darkwing Duck remasters like they had for the DuckTales game? Absolutely. Um, the original TV series was actually the first six episodes were recorded with a full orchestra. And I wonder if they could use some of that original, you know, that 35 piece orchestra that they had to record some of that early music and put it into the game like they did for DuckTales, where they had that updated soundtrack, mm -hmm. as well as the re- coloring of the art and design and i would love to see um james silvani's work on a new game of the remaster for the original i think that would be wonderful so capcom if you're listening <laughs> uh you know i always make that joke on this show i always say like <laughs> square enix if you're listening <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, um I, I the thing that i loved about ducktales remastered uh is they brought back that that voice cast um, yeah. Uh, before Scrooge's voice actor passed away, I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah. Al Alan, Alan Young, Young. That's right. Uh, before he passed away, that just yeah, that was one of the first games I played on the PS3 when I got a PS3. I was like, this is what you buy new consoles for, right? Just remasters of NES games. Uh, so, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved the voice, the voice acting. I loved the art style. To see that kind of lavish affection um, for a Darkwing Duck. Uh, remaster would be fantastic but ryan we haven't forgotten about you i'm still here i promise <laughs> still here um so uh man darkwing duck yeah have you ever heard of darkwing duck before what is that <laughs> get out uh do you let's let's kind of shift into the cartoon here um mm -hmm. ryan what what do you remember like the first time you saw it did you see it right around the time that it came out it was uh september 6 1991 so before I, I answer that, one of the things is I, I got to say, this is the first Magecast I've ever been on where I've got a notepad and I've been writing feverishly down notes about things I need to, to look up as far as the comics go. So. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is awesome. I love it. Uh, so I don't I don't have like a specific memory as to the, the first time I watched it. I just remember watching it as a kid and being enamored with it. Um, it was about the same time that I started, or at least my father introduced me to uh, slapstick comedy with like, say, the Three Stooges. 
And this like molded up perfectly with that. There's a lot of like really great slapstick within these cartoons mm-hmm. that, that make it funny and just uh, so at that time it was like a, you know perfect combination as far as what my humor was and it still is. I mean I still love the Three Stooges. I still love Darkwing Duck. So uh, maybe that helped mold my my sense of humor, if you will. Uh, but yeah, um, I do remember it specifically uh, being excited uh, when this would come on and. Each, I don't know, was it like Sunday mor- or Saturday mornings is when it would come on? Or no, it was the afternoons. Yeah, I don't know. Both, actually. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a great part of my childhood. I actually, you know, if I look at it from a, from a Disney perspective, it was DuckTales in this. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with, you know, Rescue Rangers or Tailspin. Uh, so, you know, these two uh, were, were the big ones for me. Mm. And what about for you, Nicole? Did you, uh, do you remember watching these? Oh, yes. So you may have guessed it (laughs) that (laughs) this was my favorite of the Disney afternoon shows. So it was 1991. Uh, Let's see. I would have been about seven years old probably when this came out. And there was DuckTales, Chippendale, and Darkwing Duck. And when I get home from school, you had to do your homework. But then you could watch the cartoons, right? And I really, this tracks with my adult life, uh, was you know, inspired, but enjoyed and liked Darkwing the best. He was always getting into trouble and doing these ridiculous things. And he had such a huge ego that was always getting him in trouble. And then at the end of the day, he was this great dad to a little girl. And at the time, the female characters in the Disney Afternoon Collection were, uh, you know, they're just, they weren't that well fleshed out. Goslin, in a lot of ways, was a groundbreaker. Um, she is probably, I think I've heard from the creator of the series, Tad Stones, she's either his first or second car- favorite of the female characters, depending on what day you ask him. He also loves, um, what's her name from Gadget from Rescue Rangers. Uh, yep, yep. Um, but they were really, but Goslin was really mold breaking. Um, she was the first kind of tough guy, you know, sporty. Yeah, she she had her own mind about things, uh, female character in these cartoons. Webby, well, cool, just kind of was there. Mm-hmm. She didn't do much. <laughs> and she was always kind of like whining and upset. And I never I never really found that too neat when I was, little, when I was a little kid. But I really liked Darkwing and Goslin. Yeah, in a lot of ways, like, Webby's very stereotypical compared to Goslin. Right. In the original, not in the new, but oh, that's another story. Yeah, that's true. And I, I still haven't seen that new one. Darn yeah. it. But uh, I used to, you know, after school, uh, you know, pretend games. Uh, shockingly, I was, ex- I was very into pretend games and dress up as a kid. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, I used to, I always pretended I was Darkwing Duck. You know, always. <laughs> that was the go-to <laughs> for me when I was a little kid. And a lot of happy memories of watching the show. I don't remember the show episodes very specifically, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't again rewatched them except when the kids were little. Uh, so it kind of all blurs together, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, just some great memories of Disney afternoons, sitting on the floor, eating snacks, mm-hmm. watching cartoons after school. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, like you guys, I don't remember the first day that I saw Darkwing Duck, but um, growing up, um, we had a generator um, in in the woods, did not have TV, except on summer break when I would go to visit my grandma in Oahu. And she had a TV that I would not turn off. As soon as I woke up in the morning, it was on. And I would try and leave it on as long as possible until she kicked me out of the house. So that was when I got to watch uh, Darkwing Duck on these golden summer afternoons. And uh, Darkwing Duck, the cartoon, was 
a show that helped uh, get me into drawing and illustration. I, I loved the characters so much that I wanted to draw them for myself. So I remember drawing all these sketches of Darkwing Duck flying and uh, swinging from his uh, grappling hook and fighting bad guys. I drew a ton of Megavolt, drew a ton of Bushroot. Um, and uh, I like to think that still some of that style of art from the cartoon um, still influences some of the, the art that I work on today. So it's a show that's very near and dear to my heart. It's part of uh, my formative DNA. And being able to watch it again currently and see my kids fall in love with it, there's a video <laughs> that uh, I might put out um, of me uh, singing the theme song. Uh, and I'll go, Darren Duck of Mystery, champion of... And my two-year-old goes, right... Swoops yes. out of the <laughs> shadows, Darkwing of the night. <laughs> so they're like, how does my two-year-old like struggle through the ABCs? But he knows literally all the words to the Darkwing Duck theme song. <laughs> I'm a terrible father. But uh, he, he, my kids love this show. Uh, Saturday mornings is, is kind of when I let them binge on, on cartoons to get that, that 90s vibe of childhood. Uh, and their most requested shows are Darkwing Duck and DuckTales. And classic Mickey Mouser once in a while, but uh, mostly these two shows. So um, now, Nicole, I know you mentioned that kind of the episodes uh, sort of blur together. But I wanted to ask you guys if you had any um, favorite episodes, favorite stories um, from this show that, that really stood out that you remembered. So for me in particular, it's the episode where uh, Gosselin comes kind of into into the mix. Uh, I love that. There's uh, for one talked about before. There's a lot of great slapstick elements to it, but there's there's a heartwarming sense where you really get to know, uh, you know, Drake Mallard a little bit more, fleshes out his character, gets mm -hmm. a chance. Because I mean, up until that point, he's still kind of a little bit pompous, but you start to realize that he's got a, a kinder side to him, and that kind of resonates throughout the rest of the entire series, which I think is, that's great. And then to, to kind of establish her as, as being somebody that you can trust and rely on and that she's, you know, there to, to really help. I, I, it's something about that episode that, you know, it's, it, I hate to say that like brings a tear to your eye and you know that like heartwarming sense, yeah. but in a little bit it does. Yeah. And you know, it, as a kid too, I was a huge fan of uh, Inspector Gadget. And the relationship that they have reminds me of Penny and Inspector Gadget, uh, where you know she she's she's working in the background a little bit to to help out, even though uh, you know the the lead character is is a little bit uh, to to has an ego about themselves as, as to who they are and what they do. Uh, but I love the parallels between that, and I think it's a, such a a fun, strong relationship uh, that's established in that episode. So, to me, that, that it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, there's a lot of heart in this show. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, which is something, and now that I'm a father, um, I appreciate it on a different level than when I watched it as a kid. Then as a kid, you're just like, oh, cool, you know, the superhero fights, and it's a cartoon and the comedy, the jokes that you can catch, and so on and so forth. But uh, seeing this now and seeing that heart is just, yeah, really, really lovely. Um, but Nicole, did you have any favorite episodes that came to mind? Maybe not by can name I, or story. Yeah. Um, can I expound just a little Please. bit on Ryan's part, though? Yeah. You, yeah, just some interest, kind of neat stuff that I've I've learned about the TV show. So um, 
the original inspiration for this show, which you've talked about at the beginning of the episode here, uh, was a lot of Batman inspiration. So when they moved away from doing a 007 type or 00 duck as the character and they moved on to something else, um, the idea was Batman, but if he had a daughter who wouldn't stay home. <laughs> that was what really inspired it. They found the the double O duck pitch without Goslin in it didn't have any Disney heart. Nobody liked it. It just wasn't going to work anyway. And so as they were moving over to this other character, the last thing that changed was going to be the name where they changed to Darkwing. And they actually had a contest to decide uh, what the name should be. And far and away, Darkwing was the best name out of the bunch. But the int- I always liked that, that the Disney heart shines through with the relationship mm. Even though we show up to the show to see the guy in the purple cape, not necessarily the guy in the sweater, mm, right? right? But that's what kind of keeps you coming back. Um, so I, those were also some of my favorite episodes. I think that one's just called Darkly Dawns the Duck. Is that what it's called? I'm not That's an totally early sure. episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was in the DVDs. It's the first one and two. Okay, yeah. Um, but they weren't necessarily shown in the correct order, which was common back in cartoons back in the 90s, right? Right, right, right yeah. My other favorite episodes are uh, Just Us Justice Ducks Ah. because (laughs) it was the team-up episode where they had the crossover (laughs) stuff from the not the same universe but apparently parallel universes of DuckTales and Darkwing. Um, So everybody thinks in a lot, a lot of people think in the fandom that because Launchpad's in both, it's the same universe. But what we've learned, especially those of us who watch Star Trek, right, that you can have the same characters and have them in parallel universes, but they act differently. Mm. So the Justice Ducks has characters from DuckTales, but they act a little differently. So it has Gizmo Duck in it. And then it introduces um, some new characters because of the way it was shown out of order. So you don't get the backstory quite on the whole cast yet. But uh, that episode is always a lot of fun. Always makes me smile, makes me laugh, has some good kind of Disney heart in it. Yes, man, that was my favorite episode. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. I could talk about another no, one. No, I picked a bunch. I mean, please do, actually. Yeah, just keep talking. Uh, I This is a two-parter, right? Justice Ducks, part yeah. one and part two. Just Us Justice yes. Ducks. Yeah, they're oh, funny. Man. Funny guys. Uh, rewatching that one recently, I'd forgotten about that episode and remember that I loved it as a, as a child. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Gizmo Duck flies in. I was like, that's totally Superman. I was like, this is like No Man's Land, the the Batman um, plot line uh, from the comics where the villains kind of section off the city and they they cut it off from the outside world. Uh, But yeah, seeing that, I was like, hey, you got like an Aquaman. You've got like... I don't know, Stagmut is like the Hulk or something like that. Yep, you're 100% on track. That's correct. Okay, so the idea. we've got Darkwing Duck Batman, obviously, Gizmo mm-hmm. Duck Superman, Neptunia yep. uh, Aquaman. Uh, right, or the uh, female version. Doesn't really matter. Right, right, right. right. Or uh, I guess there's Namor to the Submariner, right. the elf guy. Uh, right. Stagmut. Uh, and then Morgana. Um, I thought of like the Scarlet Witch. Me yeah. too. Yep. So, um, and that's her powers are like that, but she turns everybody into pudding, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. But my goodness, the fearsome five. Oh, yes. That is so boss. Uh, seeing <laughs> seeing these uh, these cartoon villains. Uh, 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 one of the greatest things about comic book superheroes, in my view, are these wacky villains that you get. And Batman has one of the best rosters 
of villains in comic book history. Uh, Spider-Man does as well. And seeing these villains team up. Oh, is it Negaduck? Let me see if I can remember. Negaduck, Bushroot, Megavolt, Liquidator, and Quackerjack, right? Yes. Yes. Good job. All right. I <laughs> I did my homework. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, seeing them all together, oh, so wonderful. Um, so yeah, that that would probably be my favorite episode. Um, it's certainly the one that comes to mind um, for the most part. But uh, tell us, tell us another favorite that you have. Then. Okay, absolutely. Um, one other piece about that one though, it's the first time you see in the way they were shown on TV, uh, Negaduck. Um, it's so, and I think it's the first time you see the Liquidator because oh, huh. they were shown out of order. So you don't get the backstory on those characters till later. But none of us '90s kids care. Yeah, because right? you just assume. Um, but, <laughs> I missed that episode. I, yeah, That's exactly. Funny. And I've I have discussed with several folks uh, who enjoy lots of Disney stuff that Negaduck is actually the most dark evil of Disney villains of all time. Oh yeah. So to be remember age. that yeah, one he, episode where uh, Darkwing Duck gets thrown into the negative verse. Yep. And I was like, this is like, <laughs> like Dark Knight Returns type stuff where like a future of just like crazy wasteland. And yeah. 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 He's a, he's a bad dude. Yeah. He he defeats everybody else. And the other bad guys are kept in line by how scared they are of him. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Anyway, um, another one, uh, Beauty and the Beat. Oh, yes. So not very mm. popular, but one of my favorites as an adult because I find Bushroot to be a sympathetic character. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. And they gave him that voice um, too where you kind of feel bad for him. I was telling Ryan yeah. before you hopped on that uh, I like to embarrass my wife in public. You remember, so he made that vampiric uh, or the giant monster potato Whatever yep. and uh oh wait was it a beet or a potato? It, it's a it's a potato. It's a potato. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast's just a joke. There you go. That's all. There you go. So he makes a <laughs> potato and there's a part in the episode where he's like, "Come, my buxom bride." Uh, I say that to my wife in my in that voice in public. <laughs> she hates it. <laughs> but we both know the reference is the thing. Uh, yeah, love that episode. Yeah, it's amazing. And actually, the, the uh, potato makes a appearance in the comics. So. We'll have to talk about that some other time. But anyway, um, one thing that I, I like about Bushroot as a character and why I think he gets the bad rap, he's kind of in the Darkwing fandom. He's a little bit like the slippy <laughs> of the team, if you're thinking wow, Star Fox, right? A, he's kind of the, he's the one that everybody's like, oh, that guy's the worst. But I really like him a lot, and I think he gets a bad rap. Because if you watch his Origins episode, which is, I think, like the second episode or something, mm -hmm. too, it's very early, um, you know, he's he's a researcher, a professor, he's trying to get his experiments to work, and everybody except for, and I, I think her name is like Rhododendron or something, she's the other scientist, they're all picking on him, and they're ruining his experiments intentionally. It's like they have the two big guys who are the, they're the academic bullies, you mm -hmm. know, and then here's <laughs> Dr. Bushroot uh, trying to just, you know, he's trying to help mankind by producing... Um, uh, some sort of compound that allows you to get your nutrients from sunlight, like plants. Like it sounds very wholesome and like wonderful, but he gets basically fired, kicked out, and it just breaks him. He goes, he goes nuts. He experiments on himself because he's out of, he's out of ideas. You know, his grant funding is run out. He's that's it. I'm gonna experiment on myself, and then he turns into a supervillain. <laughs> um, and I just thought that whole storyline was just. Uh, amazing as an adult. Um, and then Darkwing comes and he's super mean to him. <laughs> he does not 
He does not treat him nice. He is super mean to him. And they and they have, of course, Bushroot then starts trying to, you know, turn uh, Rhoda, Dr. Dendron, into another plant person like he is. And she's all, help, help, help. And they have lots of funny gags with trimming plants and trying to stop him from taking over. His little pet plant is named Spike. <laughs> right. It's the Venus flytrap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's very funny too and gets into lots of danger at some point i think spike um like is barking like he's a puppy and all sorts of like silly <laughs> things too so they have lots of good slapstick and at the end you're you're like oh my goodness did darkwing kill him but no he's bushroot's regrowing himself in a plant pot or something like that and it's just it's very funny and uh well done but it has that again that disney heart yes uh yeah, that kind of reminds me that that villain kind of reminds me of obviously there's Poison Ivy in the Batman canon of villains, the rogues gallery. But also it reminds me of some Batman villains where you do feel sympathetic toward them. They had like a crappy experience in life and then Batman flies in, and punches them in the face. And you're like, what the heck, <laughs> Batman? But I was thinking for the Joker movie came out and, uh, you know, everything you're seeing about this movie, a tragic, frustrated uh, character. And I was like, I hope Batman doesn't come in at the end of the Joker and just punch him in the face. (laughs) Like This is the wrong thing to do right now. Uh, There's a joke my wife and I have. We're watching something and, yeah, obvious villains coming up and their backstory is they got bullied. I was like, you want supervillains? That's how you get supervillains. Just (laughs) bullying people. Uh, But we actually did get a a question directly about Bushroot. Uh, This is from Mr. Thou. Uh, who knows I'm a fan of Bulbasaur, uh, said, as a fan of Bulbasaur, how do you feel about Bushroot being the lamest villain of them all? Hashtag (laughs) Team Megavolt. (laughs) So I don't know how to respond to that because I don't think he's the lamest villain of them all. You mean you didn't just go, how dare Uh, you? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, okay, let's say out of the Fearsome Five, just because there's a lot of Mm -hmm. villains on this show. Uh, And Mm -hmm. some of them are like the, the... the Cajun guy, can't remember his name. Uh, shoot, uh, I was right on the tip of my tongue. You mean uh, the Bayou? The Bayou guy, guy yeah. Uh, he's got a a funny name. It's not Billy Bayou, but it's something, something Bayou. Like that, and yeah. we're down in the swamp, you know. And he's playing the banjo. Yeah. He's in the comics too. Yeah, that guy. Like every time name. he comes up, I'm like, you're the least compelling villain ever. So let's <laughs> let's keep it to the the fearsome five though. Out of the fearsome five, mm. who would you say is the lamest of the villains? <laughs> hmm. I think the Liquidator has the least amount of story development from the cartoons and from the comics because he's a he's kind of a one. A one pitch guy, you know, the liquidator is he's he's the liquidator here to sell you a mattress or something. Right. That's his backstory. So they had a hard time doing a lot with that character, Mm -hmm. both in the comics and I and I think in the show as well. Um, So he kind of gets the least amount of exposition, in my opinion. Mm. I'm not going to say any of them are lame. (laughs) Okay, And what do you think, Ryan? Um, uh, What is it? Negaduck? I know that to me that it's like you know, bizarro Superman. Uh, you know? <laughs> now it's my turn to say, how dare you? <laughs> uh, I love Negaduck. You don't like Negaduck? Uh, you know, no, it's not that I don't like him. It's just, to me, it, it it's the least amount of effort that was put into creating like a character. Now, granted, oh, yeah. he, he uses it very well and he does it. It's just to me like, all right, it's Darkwing Duck in a, in a different costume. <laughs> it's the evil version. That's like, <laughs> right, that's right. like classic comic fair right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. I, I will ha- also have to say the liquidator. Um, 
He's somebody, his name is the liquidator. He's made out of liquid. As soon as he starts talking now on sale today, you're like, okay, that's your entire gimmick. And you're going to do it for the yep. rest of the episode. Uh, so yeah, I get pretty tired of the liquidator right away. Uh, my favorite of the fearsome five though is Megavolt. Uh, Dan Castellaneta found out. He's awesome. Yeah. Totally. Now, Ryan and I were talking before we started. That voice is like the impossible voice. I, Ryan, can you do it? You do impressions. Now, I heard you do a Christopher Walken. I can't do that do, can you, I, can't do I, I have to warm up to do Megavolt. The only one I can do on command is a steel beak and only just a little bit. I have to be reading some of his lines. Yeah. Right now, pulling it out of thin air is like impossible. Uh, right. That, yeah. But that voice is... is I really want to try it, but I don't at the same time. <laughs> uh, it's it's rough. It's like a it's like a nasally. Ah, it's it's so weird. It's like the back of the throat and nasally at the same time. It's a triumph, is what it is, of of voice acting. So uh, yeah, uh, Megavolt's been a, a favorite of mine. Uh, the Fearsome Five. So do you know his real name? His i uh, <laughs> his identity. We were talking about that. It was. Uh, Oh, Ryan, you had it off the top of your head, didn't you? I did. Oh, man. It's Actually, gone. I was looking at an article. Was it Elmo? So it, was it Elmo? Like Splatter Duck or something like that? Yep, close. Sputter Spark. Sputter Spark. Sputter Spark. Uh, what a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> what a dweeb. And then he's got that terrible voice, too. Oh, man. It's amazing. Yeah. What a great character. And he gets a lot of screen time, too, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in this show. So. Uh, well, let's move on here. I want to talk about this theme song because, my goodness. Okay, in the 90s, ladies and gentlemen listening, they have the best theme songs. I'm sorry. I've seen some cartoons today. I'm not a fan entirely. There's a gem here or there. But in the 90s, we had some insanely good uh, rock-inspired and and jazz inspired and all kinds of musically inspired theme songs and this has got to be one of the best ones so it to my mind though it's a toss-up between dark queen duck and life is like a hurricane because that is so uppity um and i don't know i don't know which one i like more uh, Dark Dark Queen Duck or Ducktales? But what do you guys think? How would you personally rank the Dark Queen Duck theme song? I'll let Red Ox go first. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm gonna let Ryan go oh. first. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <How> <laughs> All right, courteous. I'll go first. But I have you guys may have noticed that I have a lot of opinions about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here it is of the '90s Disney afternoon theme songs, not including music they used in some of those TV shows. Like, don't get me started on um, what's it from the Goofy movie and Goof. You know, those were where they had such great, amazing songs. Anyway, from this, I would say my favorite one because it holds up so well today and is such a good hook is Ducktales. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, if you say Ducktales, aren't you yeah. like immediately? Mm-hmm. You know, Pavlovian Woo-hoo. dog kind of need to go woo like immediately because I I am. If I hear Ducktales, I go woo like in my brain. Yes, because it's just it's in all of us yes. now. Um, but Darkwing might have had the most interesting and creative song. It mm. just doesn't hold up as well maybe today. Like if they were gonna write it again for a Darkwing TV show reboot, I think they would need to rework it because it felt like such a '90s gem. Yes. It was perfect. Yes. Um, 
The most 90s theme song, though, is has got to be Rescue Rangers because it had that saxophone. And, you know, it's <laughs> Rescue Rangers is inspired. Um, it was originally going to be called uh, Miami Mice. <laughs> right. I did not but know they that. They, yeah. Yeah. It was going to be Miami Mice, and they thought That's they couldn't so get away great. with it. So they played around with it, and it became Rescue yeah, Rangers. Yeah, some mom somewhere um, in America would have been like, what? Turn yeah. this off. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we already know that. Chip is Indiana Jones and Dale is uh, Magnum P.I., right. right? So it tracks perfectly. But the music of that is so 90s. Yeah. But um, yeah, Darkwing's the one, though, when it where we had a Disney afternoon playlist in the car, me and the kids on, on a CD for a while there. And we were uh, we'd be singing along to to Darkwing and to DuckTales. And I think my kids and I at one point knew all the words to both. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Darkwing Duck definitely has like a lot of a 90s uh sound to it that slap bass is so wonderful mm-hmm. and some of those sound <laughs> effects like uh right before somewhere some villain schemes and it does that so good uh but ducktales you got to give it to them the the this era of theme song they knew how to tell you about the basic premise of the show and introduce the characters through this the theme song it wasn't just nonsense it was it was essentially masked exposition disney's disney's fantastic about this right they do this in their animated films all the time as soon as a character sings they're going to tell you what they want their their backstory and all that stuff through their song so it's not surprising that disney does that but in ducktales when they say lasers race cars aeroplanes like those (laughs) it's just three words well four (laughs) but i can count uh lasers race cars aeroplanes the sense of adventure that all of those things conjure up and that that together with that amazing music uh yeah i, I so i would have to agree that i, I would put ducktales first uh and darkwing duck is a close second but what about you ryan how about ranking these theme songs so i'm, I'm in agreement with with the two of you uh you know the woohoo that is uh <laughs> something that if if anybody plays that song even without lyrics uh i think in unison as adults uh, at this age we all uh, just kind of go woo <laughs> like it like it's a re- reflex yeah. reaction to that right uh but you know what was interesting is i i started watching the series again uh getting kind of prepared for uh, this this podcast and I turned it on in the living room and my wife was in the the bedroom and all of a sudden her head popped out and she just goes let's get dangerous <laughs> and the funniest part is I didn't know she was a like a huge Darkwing Duck fan like we never had a Darkwing Duck conversation oh, wow. I've been married like, to wow, her for... marry me <laughs> right that's cool <laughs> <was> like, again Saint <laughs> Canard oh that's awesome <laughs> right? dude Darkwing and Duck I'd... wedding there's an idea. There Man, you I missed an opportunity. <laughs> uh, but you know, like uh, if you did the, the top three, I think it would it'd be Ducktales, Darkwing Duck, and then uh, you know Rescue Rangers because I think uh, you know you get the chip and tails. Oh, yeah. That that's an iconic. Dude, start I got you to, to sing on this episode. I agree. I'm happy. You did. Yeah. You actually and the podcast. Did. We're done. That's uh, that's all we need to have happen. <laughs> well, are you talking about prompts though with the with the uh, Ducktales theme song, but there's there's prompts in here too. Like I'm gonna start doing this as a social experiment. Just go up to people and be like, "When there's trouble, you," and see if they say "Call DW." If they say Ghostbusters, then that kind of ruins the experiment. Oh. You're just like, ah, forget it, forget it. The one thing I like about this song is that it gets you prepared for 
the episode you're about to watch. So interestingly enough, I think that they did a good job with that with the Disney cartoons uh, where uh, a lot of like, so Chippendales is, you know, a little bit lighthearted. So is DuckTales, where I think that when you enter an episode of those, uh, it's always kind of a lighthearted theme. Where I think for the most part with Darkwing Duck, it's, it's like, it hypes you up, right? It gets you excited for some action. You know that there's going to be crime and they're going to solve it. You know, and it's going to be that Batman theme to it. And I think that it does an outstanding job about getting you really pumped about it because it's fast paced. It's, uh, you know, it gets you into into the mood to watch the show. So uh, kudos, yes, to them for sure. Absolutely, well done crafting that masterpiece. Uh, so there's a question here from Mint Plays. Who said, with DuckTales 2017 having introduced the characters in the last season, do you hope they'll make a spinoff? We addressed that a little bit ago. Um, since Ryan and I haven't seen it, Nicole, you could probably answer this quite well. If so, are there any changes, hopes, and thoughts on it, on a spinoff? Oh, man. How long do we have for this segment? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a that's a loaded question. I remember watching the clips from, it must have been the... Disney, you know, they have like Disney Con. What am I thinking? D23. I remember watching the clips from D23 and from San Diego Comic Con when they had the creator of DuckTales 2017 up on the up on the stage with with David Tennant and the cast and it was so exciting and they they pretended like whoops and they actually, they put a picture up of Darkwing and like the whole place just went nuts. <laughs> there were so many Darkwing fans. In fact, the creator of the DuckTales 2017 when asked, "Would you ever consider bringing back or having Darkwing Duck in the TV show?" He went, "Wait, you mean the terror that flaps in the night, the burrito that plops on the lap of crime?" <laughs> and went off for like two or three those. Apparently, he is the biggest Darkwing fan. And ever since he was a kid, he showed pictures on the on Twitter of him dressed in, you know, Halloween costumes that he made himself. And all this kind of stuff as Darkwing Duck. So when it appeared in the show, all the fans were very excited. Um, Darkwing appears in a couple different ways, actually. My favorite of the episodes is the one where they really flesh it out. And it's called The Duck Knight Returns. And it has um, two Darkwings in it. And I don't want to give away the spoilers, but it sets it up in a manner in which there could be a full-on... Darkwing Duck TV show that expands from the DuckTales universe. One of the things they do that's really special in the DuckTales 2017 is they kind of combine all of our favorite Disney afternoon characters and just give them a little nod or an episode that's really inspired by them. And it makes the show a lot of fun, both for kids who don't, who haven't really seen it and for those of us who have a lot of nostalgia for it, right? That's awesome. I need to hunt that down look at that. Yeah, Go watch it. I need to watch it. I need it. <laughs> Uh, man. Okay. So we'll attempt to move past this beloved cartoon. Uh, I mean, we haven't even talked about the game yet. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a couple other games though, that we want to address just real briefly, the TG 16 game. Honestly, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but, uh, (laughs) we have a, we have a listener, Jay Torto 40, AKA the slipstream mage who, um, asked if we would talk about it Well, who he asked if we were going to talk about it. And I said, well, you brought it up, so we better talk about it. Um, but I've not played it, though. So that's as about as much input as I can give on the TV 16 <laughs> game. So I don't, I don't own it either. It's actually a pretty expensive cue card if you want to purchase one. It's a, like, a little north of 100 bucks. So it's, it's definitely something that 
if you're going to drop the coin for it, it's it's probably going to be something that more that, that looks nice on your shelf than <laughs> necessarily in your TG16. Uh, but I've watched a, a bunch of people play it online. And from their assessment of it, of course, since I haven't played it, I can't guarantee that. But it sounds like the controls are really, really loose. And it, it obviously doesn't follow the, the same feeling as the NES game. Um, and uh, that, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's disappointing to hear that there would be a game for such a beloved franchise that wouldn't work well. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is, <laughs> I guess. Mm. Uh, uh, do we know if Capcom was involved with it or if Disney was involved with it? Does anybody know that? Pretty sure Capcom was not. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about Disney. I'm sure. So, I mean, yeah. It, Disney probably had to, like, check a box or something, maybe. But right. <laughs> <laughs> probably not much more than that. Does it function? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sell. <laughs> so, uh, and Nicole, you've not played this game either. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's oh. correct. I know just a little bit about it, but mostly what I know is I have two friends from the internet that speedrun it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so there are people who play it, but not us. <laughs> That's correct. That's a fair assessment. Uh, but what I think we should talk about for a cool minute is this uh, sequel um, that they were going to put out at one point. Now, I just learned about this like last week. I'm very interested to learn about it because for years... Um, even on this very podcast, um, I would mention that I wish they would make another Darkwing Duck game. And my my wish was that they would make an open world third person action adventure Darkwing Duck game uh, in the vein of the Arkham series with Batman, where you could fly around and meet all sorts of different characters and do all kinds of things and go beyond even the platformer. But honestly, I'd take any new Darkwing Duck game under my wing i would love to so to learn then that there was a game being developed with a 16-bit style uh was something that blew my mind and this is fairly recently too so uh nicole i'm wondering if you could just kind of unpack that a little bit more for us um i i gotta be careful because i think a few of the things i know i'm not oh yeah so So don't mention so i'll be i'll be a little vague but um it was there was a collaboration between um, some of the folks who were inter- who were uh, on the creative team for the comics, and I believe the folks who um, created Sonic Mania for art and design and story elements. It was going to be a platformer, mm-hmm. and one level was pitched, and you can um, play it yourself. Also, it's free to play online, um, and uh, yeah, I think I just tried it out with the keyboard. And um, which is tough for me because I'm a console <laughs> kind of game person. I was like, what do these arrow keys do? <laughs> anyway, and uh, um, yeah, it, it had a very Super Nintendo style and feel to me. Beautiful artwork, good, fun music, controls felt good, you know, um, traditional platforming, but Super Nintendo. So sort of like Mega Man X stylistically in the play style, you know, just, and it was tough. It was not easy. So uh, I think the idea, this is sort of my opinion, was that there was Mega Man 11 and Mighty Number 9 and those games that were coming back out in that style. So this was pitched to Capcom and they passed. And um, I don't, I know a little bit more past that that I probably should keep to Mm -hmm. myself, but basically at that time, then the project, that the pitch, you know, that that was um, it's not going to go to someplace else. So 
that's unfortunate because it was really fun to play. Um, and I'd be, I, I, I'm, I'm saddened still that we weren't able to get it going. Yeah, that is a tragedy. Looking at it, uh, and folks, you can look this up online. Uh, there's a bit of info that I was able to find. Not sure how deep one can dig on this, but there are at mm-hmm. least some screenshots that I've seen. I'm looking at a couple right now, and yeah, it's gorgeous, gorgeous looking game. Uh, evidently, you could play the prototype online somewhere. That's what I read on Wikipedia. Yep. Um, I've played it. Awesome. It's fun. Yeah, I've not had the chance to yet, but <sighs> we live in a universe where we nearly had a new Darkwing Duck game. But yeah, what about you, Ryan? You got any? What would you hope to see if if they were to put out a Darkwing Duck game? Oh man, if it was like Mega Man X, I'd be all in yeah. for that. That's one of my favorite games of all times. But I think that you know, somewhere within this conversation, we need to like import. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel's "Hello Sadness, My Old Friend" <laughs> or "Hello Darkness." Sorry, man, I got you to <laughs> sing twice. Darkness, my old friend. Twice you sang for it. <laughs> this is why I keep inviting you back to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Voluntary torture. Voluntary torture. I'm just gonna. Yeah, this is gonna be my promo clip right here. Oh, uh, great. Man, oh, great blackmail. Uh, yeah. So. What a shame, but let us hope that in some alternate universe that there's a, a playable, a fully completed version of this game, and we can maybe rest in that fact that alternate versions of ourselves are enjoying it right now. Who knows? Uh, but moving on here, Duct Tape Plays said, I remember the cartoon, but have never played this game. I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. Uh, and I was, it was great to see a lot of people that were... Um, well, not too familiar with the NES game, um, mm. but we're really excited to um, hear us talk about it. I think that Darkwing Duck, again, is is a really beloved uh, franchise and, and series. So a couple overall impressions and, and things uh, about the game and the game design. Um, Ryan, I know you're quite passionate about uh, yeah, I love this game. game. Yeah, so let's let's hear you talk about it for a little bit. What what is this game? So how would you describe the Darkwing Duck NES game to folks? So I think a lot of people uh, make it an analogy between this and Mega Man, which I don't think is terribly unfair. I think that these these two games are, are pretty close to each other. So the, mm-hmm. the concept here, of course, is that you're platforming and shooting. Uh, you can gain different weapons, you know, and one of the big aspects of it is that you have the opportunity to choose your path a little bit. So there is some points in the game in which you can choose which level you want to start with, which is very Mega Man-esque. But I don't think that, that that's any surprise considering that it's a Capcom game, which of course Mega Man was as well. But I, I think that What's nice about it is that, uh, you know, it it doesn't strictly rely on the same uh, aspects that that Mega Man does, where I think that it's a little bit more of the platforming, where this one, I think (laughs) there's a lot of opportunities for you to, uh, you know, jump and try to use the grappling mechanic uh, that comes with it. And to me, though, I'm not somebody who's terribly good at that kind of stuff. So it takes a while to get used to (laughs) to this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, the... the game itself, it's pretty challenging. Now, I think that also people consider this to be a pretty hard game uh, when it comes down to it. But I don't know if I would put it in that category. So I don't think it's a, a Battletoads. I don't think no. it's like, you know, <laughs> something that, that the, the challenge is impossible. It just requires a lot of memorization. And it also just requires uh, kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. So the game kind of holds your hand at certain points and then 
provides you with an instant challenge where you go, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? So the first playthrough of it, you're not going to win it. It's not one of those games where you can just pop it in and win the game itself. Um, but uh, once you become familiar with the mechanics of it, um, it, it's really good. The only gripe that I have for it is that it's actually a pretty short game. You know? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, you're right, though, that that uh, climbing mechanic, the hanging mechanic, mm-hmm. um, really does change it up, sets it apart from just a, like a straight Mega Man clone. Mm-hmm. That and you've got, you know, a couple other things like uh, we were talking before. There's no boss weapon that you gain. Right. Um, you can de- gain different weapons in different ways through the levels. And um, also you can use your cape uh, to deflect some smaller bullets, if I remember right. That's right. Uh, so you've got kind of, it seems like there's a little more capability that Darkwing has in this game compared to Mega Man that is mostly just jumping and shooting. But definitely the first time I played it, I was kind of baffled at the climbing mechanics. First Mm -hmm. of all, I didn't even think that you could climb (laughs) at all, and I didn't have the manual in front of me. I think I accidentally grabbed onto like a girder above Darkwing's head and was like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, but you definitely have to get the climbing mechanics down. I mean, there's portions where there's just like hooks suspended over a bottomless pit. So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta nail that or or else. A full uh, clench moment is is ninety yeah, percent of this game. Full clench moment. F C M. I think that's accurate, yeah. Full clench moment. Anyway, um, I I would totally agree with uh, Ryan's uh, introduction and analysis of this game. Um, As someone who played it all the way through for the first time, oh, just over a year ago, I believe. And then I played it on stream. I did a co-op stream with another big um, friend from the Darkwing fandom, E.C. Myers. Um, We had a lot of fun. He's a lot better at it than me, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it was quite the challenge, but, you know, we were able to play it all the way through in one stream and me being pretty basically a novice at it. I had beat it once before, several months before that, and that was it. One thing I like, though, um, that I think also really sets it apart is um, how it's it's got a quirkiness to it that's fun. So not only is it right. a tricky platformer with some cool climbing mechanics and the switching of the different, um, you know, you have the different gas gun kind of switching things that you can do. But it, it's very creative, and there's a little bit of silliness to it. Uh, I, he always, each level starts with Darkwing. I am Darkwing Duck, and it just cracks <laughs> me up every time. Uh, little launchpad humor here and there too, and then of course the ending um, sequence where he flies off the bike is crack. It just just right. cracks me up. So I, I appreciate its quirky twists. Um, great music too. Oh, so yeah. good. Capcom was. An absolute beast yeah. at 8-bit music, and I'm I'm pleased to see familiar friends of um you know of the bosses right like kind of yes, in a Mega sorry. Man game. It's great to see that. Um, but they have one new one that's not in the cartoons. So Wolf Duck was never in the cartoons, as far as I know. Ah, I was gonna ask that very question. Hmm. Not in the cartoon in the comics mm, at all. Mm, uh, my brain says no. I can't. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not quite. I can't quite fact check that that fast, but I believe also yeah. no. Um, he was invented huh. just for the game, and I, I don't know the story on that. But uh, I, I'm a big Steelbeak fan. I think he's hilarious and amazing, and of course in the cartoon voiced by the famous Rob Paulson, who's just amazing voice of our childhood, right? And uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, to, and to have Steelbeak as the final boss is cool on his yacht, right? <laughs> on his yacht, I love that he's like a classic Bond. Villain. Oh yeah, so yeah, good. so great. 
Uh, plus his voice is, yeah, like you said, wonderful. But you got you get uh, so it's Wolf Duck, Steelbeak, Quackerjack, Liquidator, uh, Megavolt. I think that's it, Bush right, root. for bosses in this game. You get Bushroot. Bushroot. Right. Yep. Uh, but it's, it's quite short then. Mm-hmm. Right, um, six six regular bosses and then uh, Steelbeak. Mm-hmm. That is shorter than a Mega Man game, then. Yeah. With the oh, and uh, Moliarty, he's in there too, isn't he? Professor Moliarty, yeah. yeah. It's actually my my favorite music for a level is that one, nice. uh, for sure. Mm. Uh, you know what? As we were talking about this, I was looking at the NES game, and I discovered that there's a Darkwing Duck mobile game from 2010. Have you guys played that or heard of that? Never heard nope. of it. <laughs> well, it is a mage cast first. Uh, we have discovered a new Darkwing Duck game that three of us at least have not heard of. Uh, Apparently, Darkwing Duck, a mobile action platform game developed and published by Disney Mobile Studios, came out on August 27, 2010, in response to the launch of Boom Studios Comics. Mm. It is a unique product, but takes inspiration from the NES game and the TurboGrafx-16 game in terms of structure and character movement. Available (laughs) platform mobile phones. So uh, it's got... Uh, Jambalaya Jake, there's his, his name. That's his name. There it is. Jambalaya Jake, Tuscarini, yep. uh, Quackerjack, Megavolt, Taurus Bulba by <laughs> Tim Curry himself. Oh. Yes. Oh, Taurus oh, Bulba. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, yeah, and Negaduck evidently is in it as well. Nice. Um, oh, there's a message here from Ryan. Would you passing notes in class, <laughs> Ryan? Well, Red, she said that if it was oh, yeah. in front of her, she would be able to do as, as long as she, I she could read oh, it. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Darkwing, if there's one thing I ate, it's excuses. <laughs> ah, you make that a two things I ate. Excuses and a seventh dent split. Ah, ah, ah. He kind of has like a dumb <laughs> laugh. But... <laughs> oh, you got to love that laugh. <laughs> 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 Oh, so I always, when I would read these aloud to the kids, I would always do the voices. And the only one that they ever were like, Mom, you've got it, was Steelbeak. <laughs> Steelbeak loves his fast car, um, foul sandwiches. And I think there's one or two other little running gags that they use all the time. And it's always hilarious. He, he always has sandwiches. That's like, it's a Steelbeak thing for some reason. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you got to use that big for something. Yep. Why not sandwiches? Uh, foul and shush yep. just just was reminded of those <laughs> things. There's so many great comic parodies in in uh, in this this franchise. Love it. So moving on here, uh, question: What makes this game different? What makes it stand out? The big sort of question was: It's in the context of licensed games on the NES, and as we know, uh, thanks to who was it, LJN. There's there's not <laughs> so many tremendously excellent uh, licensed games, but a lot of people seem to love this game. Red Eye Tactics said it was such an amazing game for its time. Summervale 4320, I loved this game, played the heck out of it back in the day. Eth Nation, the music is surprisingly good in that game. But then we get questions uh, from Backlog Odyssey. Many of the 8- and 16-bit Disney games were surprisingly good considering they were licensed and based on movies or TV shows. But the Capcom-developed games like Darkwing Duck were particularly good. Why do you suppose that is, and what was it about them that made them stand out? To echo that, Crits McCrits. 
Ah, licensed games. They're often terrible. So my questions for the group are, what makes a great licensed game? What do you think ruins so many licensed games? To put that out to you two. So for me, when it comes to a licensed game, I think one of the, the biggest things that you run into is one of two things. Either trying too hard to emulate the source material or not caring enough to emulate the source material. So mm -hmm. I think that with this one in particular, there's a lot of great like Easter eggs. Like for example, every uh, level starts off with a speech bubble that says I'm Darkwing Duck. Uh, I think that's a great little kind of, you know, extra added element they didn't really need to put in that was great about it. But also uh, the game itself, it, it's not trying to be an episode of Darkwing Duck, which mm. would, I think, especially considering the hardware, if you're talking about NES, that would just be difficult to do and do it well. So what they did is they took uh, a style of game that is successful and that's familiar and uh, basically, and I, I hate to say like, call it a ROM hack because it's not, it definitely isn't, but the, the, the uh, framework behind it is something that is familiar fun and uh includes uh, an element of challenge and i think that that's hugely important and it's not so difficult that it's impossible but it's 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 just the right amount so like ducktales i think does that fairly well uh so does uh, rescue rangers and i think to me when you're talking about the nes versions of disney games to me darkwing duck is the the best example of it i know most people would say ducktales because i think that most of us were exposed to that more but to me ducktales is a little too easy when it comes down to it uh where i feel darkwing has the challenge where the first time you play through it you're not gonna beat it mm. even if it's if it's your first time very interesting. Uh, I think I agree with you in the terms of the comparing Darkwing Duck and DuckTales. I think Darkwing Duck involves more mechanics for the player character. Mm -hmm. So uh, certainly more than Scrooge can sort of hit things sideways uh, right. or use the pogo cane. But um, yeah, licensed games. It's an interesting thought. We don't really see too many licensed games anymore. It kind of petered out. But uh, Nicole, what do you think about licensed games in the context of you know the nes era and and what makes a good licensed game in your view mm -hmm. so i what makes a good licensed game to me is that it's a good game that it has good tight gameplay mm -hmm. controls that are reactive good music and fun game mechanics like fun platforming or whatever so for this game um, I think what they did that was right and what they've done in the Disney Afternoon games just in general, maybe with one or two exceptions, is that they designed a good game first and then used familiar characters, scenes, music, etc. So like Ryan was saying, it has those Easter eggs, it has that familiarity, but when it comes down to it, it's just a good game to play. And mm. that's what we're looking for, for those games, at least as, as, an, as an adult. As a kid, I would have been probably less critical, like, yay, Darkwing, woohoo, you know, and played it even if it wasn't <laughs> terribly great and had that nostalgia for it as I got older. But I think that's what really makes it hold up over the years, is that it had that good, well-designed gameplay with fun Darkwing Duck stuff in it, you know. Absolutely. So wisely said. Uh, especially coming, yeah, coming from Capcom, who produced some excellent NES games. Something I want to add to the mix here is um, to remind our listeners that Darkwing Duck on NES was released quite late in the NES's life cycle. Uh, 1992, the NES or the Super Nintendo was already out, um, so the developers working with the NES certainly already had 
plenty of time to understand the hardware and to know its limits and what could be accomplished. But there's some uh, delightful sprite work in this, these character portraits that look like they're lifted straight out of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it just plays really, really well. Uh, I, Black Mage Felix sums it up really well. A fantastic Mega Man style game. And with Capcom on the NES, the music is fantastic. Another great Disney hit by them. And to play out the idea of the sprite thing, uh, one of the, I don't know, not not a lot of people talk about it, but uh, the jump mechanic for Darkwing himself, when he jumps, he puts his cape over his face and his cape actually flaps in the wind as he's jumping, which to me is just like that, you know, that little extra added element to this that that makes it even more special than it could have been. I mean, obviously they could have just had him jump like Mega Man does where he's got one arm out and (laughs) a a, a mouth open, you know? (laughs) So it was great to see that they were willing to take extra special care of this one, even just on, on just simple sprite animations, you know. Yes, because uh, so when you talking about licensed games, one that comes to my mind that I played fairly recently was Jaws on NES. Uh, who doesn't love the movie Jaws? I one of my favorite <laughs> films. Um, but you think you play the game? I'm not a fan of Jaws on NES. Uh, super repetitive um super kind of confusing right because it's Mm -hmm. like they sort of set you in the situation in the film and yet they're asking you to like ram your ship's prow into the shark (laughs) and it's super frustrating because you're like i i don't really understand what i'm supposed to do here you miss you're like was that it was that not it am i taking off life off the shark on on and on and on another game that comes to mind was uh flintstones nes game i think it was uh, the one with the alien in it. Oh. So, so there was two. There was uh, Dinosaur Peak, and then there was Dino and Hoppy. Dino and Hoppy. Uh, that one's Which got the, the alien one on the front. the most people have because the other one is a, in a rare gem worth a couple hundred yeah. dollars. Right. So I remember renting as a kid uh, the Flintstones Rescue of Dino and Hoppy and playing it for five minutes and my dad being frustrated <laughs> that he wasted money on this rental that I didn't want to play. Even as a young kid, I was like, this is not a good game. I don't want to play it. Uh, I had I didn't have the critical vocabulary to understand why, but I hated it. Uh, <laughs> and I loved the Flintstones TV show, but it was one of those early memories of licensed games can be pretty disappointing. So what I find interesting about that, so if you look at it, like if you were to play Jaws and it wasn't uh, listed as a Jaws game, it actually might be okay. It might be entertaining for you because you didn't have any expectations walking into it. And the one difference, though, with Darkwing Duck is that regardless if Darkwing Duck was on the label or not, this is still a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this special, I think. I would yeah. agree. I think that's. I think you just drove the point home there. I was just trying to think. I'm looking. I'm turning around here at my desk and looking at my NES collection. I'm going. I don't have very many licensed games, and I think that's because I didn't like very many of them. That's indicative, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to think of what's the other licensed games I have outside the Disney Afternoon Collection, and the answer is it's The Little Mermaid. It's another <laughs> Disney one. And I love that game, and it's because it's just so fun and well done and fun to play i haven't played it in years but i love that game as a child i played it over and over and over and beat it you know and that's also capcom too yes uh so capcom yeah they were on top of their game back then 
Uh, I'm sure there's a pun in there somewhere. But, but yeah. on on the NES <laughs> or the Super Nintendo, um, you know, we started to get a couple of good uh, licensed games. I am one that leans heavily toward the Super Nintendo. I liked Aladdin um, yep. as a licensed game that comes to mind on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. It, it, King King. Oh, Lion King! Lion if you King. could get past the giraffe stage, yeah. Yeah. well, I, it's, I never it's, could. It's, it's a very tough game. I yeah. will say that. Yeah. But Fun the to music play. is really good. Mm-hmm. The platforming is is spectacular. The end boss for Scar a little bit easier than you would expect, considering how what a gauntlet the rest of the game. Well, the was. final boss is the giraffe stage, as far as <laughs> yeah. everything That's else it. is just credits. <laughs> Fair enough. I've started trying to collect some of the Super Nintendo uh, Disney games. Um, that's sort of on my, uh, when you go to cons and you go to swap means list, the the ones I'm looking right. for. So I don't have too many yet, but you know, at some point I hope to get just about all of the ones that are affordable because um, there are some real gems in there. Aladdin's the one that I remember from childhood that comes to mind that was just so great, so fun to play, but there's a lot of good ones. If you're looking for licensed games to avoid, Wizard of Oz would be a number one of them. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) There's yeah, there's uh, there are some to avoid for sure. Uh, But um, yeah, licensed games. We should do a a talk on licensed games more in depth eventually, because there are some real real great games. Um, Alien vs Predator, the arcade, Capcom again. Imagine that. Uh, (laughs) I think that was Capcom. Or gosh, was it Konami? No, it was Capcom. I remember the the uh, character art on that one. But uh, yeah, so lots of great licensed games, lots of not so great licensed games. But we can rest assured that Darkwing Duck on the NES was a great one. So to mm-hmm. to to kind of wrap up that section uh, here, Red Red, you've got. Uh, it's weird for me calling somebody else Red. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, uh, you're using the NES emotes on your Twitch? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, so my, my Twitch totally. sprites, because I, I, I have, you know, I'm an occasional Twitcher. I don't Twitch um, as much, even as I would like to, just for relaxation, because I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I've got a lot of stuff going on <laughs> lately, but I, I have a Darkwing um, with his cape up, you know, doing his little cape smoke thing and then um a goslin for my daughter and then uh a louis uh louis duck for my son he picked one from ducktales that was his thing and then uh launch pad is the other one we have and uh, the whole reason i wanted to make the get it to the twitch affiliate program is just so i could run around popping into people's channels with darkwing like i'm here (laughs) that's super cool one well another very good reason to check out red ox on twitch uh, well, let's close out here. We've got a, a couple final um, audience comments, questions to address. First one here from the Arcade Castle, a.k.a. the Arcade Mage. Uh, when you learned about the interconnectedness of the Disney Afternoon cartoons, how much did it blow your mind? Now, earlier, Nicole, you mentioned that they're in parallel universes or different dimensions. I, I did not know that. Mm. I actually thought same it was here. the same launch pad as in DuckTales. So I was like, oh, this guy gets around. <laughs> it's like his weekend <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, his weekend gig, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so from what I've heard from listening to interviews with Tad Stones and reading up on, you know, the information, um, Tad Stones being the creator of Darkwing Duck, uh, originally how it was pitched was 
the Disney went to the design team and said, okay, we want a show with Double O Duck and Launchpad, because that was a great DuckTales episode. That's where Double O Duck came from. But we don't want Scrooge. We want this new character, and we want Launchpad in it. So they redesigned Launchpad. He's drawn very differently for Darkwing. He's, he's a little slimmer, isn't he? He's, I think Duck? he's beefier, actually. Oh, I have it the other way around. <laughs> and then he... Um, I love it. He also, in DuckTales, he's like not quite so... like dumb he's not quite so much of a buffoon but he's a really bad pilot and in Darkwing he's like a really good pilot and even more dumb <laughs> and that's sort of the balance and then in DuckTales 2017 he's kind of the best of both he's extra dumb and a bad pilot <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great balance so um, that's the proof according to the creators of the Darkwing Duck TV show that it's parallel universes and not the same universe and that also mm. lets you be like oh yeah so we got Launchpad over here and you know duckberg but he's also it's in saint canard at, at the same time okay on the spot trivia did Ooh. darkwing ducks jet have a name google <laughs> it did the rat catchers the bike the Thunderquack is the name. The there we go. I had to oh, reach into my brain. Such a great name. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. In, Wonderful. From the depths of my brain. Yes. <laughs> it was there. It, was it didn't was even there. have to Google. Nope. Let's give her a round of applause. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> well done. Thanks, guys. Well done. That was the hardest question I could come up with on the spot. But yeah, she got it. She got it. Ryan would have been like, uh, heavy breathing. <laughs> but Ryan, Can we edit this part? <laughs> no, no, no. Me making fun of you? This is made No, no, cast I meant prank. if you asked me that, I would have been oh. like, can we edit this part while I Google it? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, Ryan, the interconnectedness of the Disney afternoon cartoons. So, I had no idea up until this point. So, I am tittled or tickled pink here <laughs> tittled to pink. learn. Tittled, right? Tittled, tickled pink here yeah. to learn that that's, that's the case. So, uh yeah i got a lot of watching and, and reading ahead of me yeah man oh good stuff uh final question here from jtorto40 uh inst- interesting choice for a podcast theme excited to learn more question how the heck did dark queen duck get a video game and the gummy bears never received a major platform release was there ever an ip more appropriate for a jumping platformer <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I didn't know if he was serious because I've never actually met a fan of the Gummy Bears. <laughs> like, not the candy, but the, the TV show right? that, like, nobody ever talks about. Uh, and I tried watching it a little bit, and I was like, I don't think I ever liked this show. Much. It's like there's just not many fans of Quack Pack out there either. No. Just, yeah. There's just not. Yeah. I had to scan my brain for a second to be like, what the heck is Quack Pack? See? Exactly. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh there just never was. I don't. I don't think we have a question. There I have a. I have a theory. An Would you like right. to hear a fan? A, a fan theory. A Disney afternoon fandom theory. Yes, please. Ooh, so please. Gummy Bears was about one thing: the theme song. Gummy Bears, right, bouncing here and there and everywhere. But the show wasn't very fleshed out like the others. It was aimed at a younger audience, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I don't have any proof to back it up, but I think it was really aimed at like the preschool set. Mm-hmm. as opposed to the after-school set. And that made it so it was going to be less marketable to turn into a game. So when they made games out of those classic Disney afternoon shows, they went with the ones that you would be 
that that age of kid would want a mom and dad to go to the store and buy them a game. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my fan theory. I have I have no idea if it's correct <laughs> or not. <laughs> it seems to make sense that it, yeah, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to the action adventure uh, format of some of these other shows. I don't know. Uh, I tend to think of Ducktales as like a high adventure mm-hmm. kind of a show. You know, there's all kinds of the swashbuckling, the treasure hunting, the all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, gummy bears. I don't even remember what that show was about. I don't really either. It's about a bunch of bears that drink a particular concoction of juice yep. and <laughs> bounce around a lot. Is mm-hmm. that? I mean, so that was their shtick that they made them like bouncy when they mm-hmm. drank the <sighs> the gummy berry juice. Yep. Yeah, I thought that they were like just made of candy but they didn't look like candy so i don't know that's confusing you don't okay disney you don't name your show after like a very popular line of candy and not say it's an adaptation that's just confusing for for young kids it's confusing for me well they put the delineation between an i and a y right there you go that must be it yeah but (laughs) as a kid i was like that's how you spell gummy for sure with an i that it doesn't make sense to spell it with a y yeah i don't know who knows uh well we've reached the end of this adventure that's for sure and what a great adventure it was uh man i learned a lot on this episode uh wonderful talking with both of you nicole thanks very much for being on this show um i know when i reached out to you you were like man i i I got a lot of things scheduled and you're a busy person and i really appreciate that you got to be on this show that you took the time to and and shared some of your in-depth knowledge with us so thank you very much well thank you so much for having me it was really fun it's always fun to sh- talk about darkwing duck stuff it's just great it's even a little bit dangerous yes uh where can our listeners find you oh where can the listeners find me um so uh oh, most of my content right now is my twitch channel just twitch.tv slash redoxpdx i stream in the afternoons after work a little calm relaxing piano music stream um just for a short time and then on wednesday nights about around eight o'clock uh pacific time zone uh, i play video games um hopefully more coming in the future just right now that's kind of where the bandwidth is um i also have an instagram redoxpdx pretty much that's all it is and it, that has my cosplay and comic-con shenanigans with my kids and then finally the third place you can find me is on twitter with you guys <laughs> hangout zone on twitter yeah <laughs> ryan how about you where can our listeners find you uh, a few different places uh for one twitter it's uh, at retro game brews uh, twitch.tv slash retro game brews which is where we host the uh, tournaments that we've been we talked about earlier in today's show i've got an instagram that i neglect a lot <laughs> <laughs> which is also retro gamers and uh, recently i have uh, been a part of a new concept podcast uh, which is known as story mode uh, which is with myself uh, a fine gentleman who is across the aisle here mr well red mage as well as uh, blue williams uh, which will be launching here on February 28th with uh, quite a few episodes that I'm really excited about, but it's a video game news podcast where we do some analytics in regards to what's going on in the video game industry, provide some anecdotes and some fun banter, and in fact, uh, to the point of which our (laughs) tagline for that podcast is agree to disagree, so pretty excited. We had to agree on the agree to disagree (laughs) before it was like, uh, but uh, yeah, what? so much fun recording uh, story mode with with you Ryan and and blue it's yeah 
just having a lot of fun with that. And I think the cool thing about story mode is um, something that you and I were talking about before. For us personally, it's a it's a stretch of our um, knowledge base, uh, skill set. Um, I've never done a news show, never been anywhere close to doing a news show before. Uh, most of my discussions are the off the rails kind of stuff. So and long form conversation when I can stick to an outline. Uh, so it's a stretch for me personally, but you were kind of expressing that too for yourself. Right. And you know, it, it's been a lot of fun doing this because, you know, it forces me to, to be a little bit more informed as well as connected with the thing that I love so much. So it's given me an excuse to, to really get involved with it. So I love it. And I get to, to chit chat with two people that I am already pretty fond of. Uh, so getting to know you guys a little bit further has been a great experience. Awesome. So look out for that. That's coming again, February 28th story mode. We're going to try and get it everywhere that you guys are requesting to listen to it on. Uh, so thanks again for being on this episode, you guys. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Love it. The dark night, the duck night, go watch dark queen duck. Please do yourself a favor. If you've not <laughs> seen dark queen duck in a while, break down and go and go buy the DVD. Go, Watch it on Disney Plus. Whatever you got to do, show your kids. If you don't have kids, show your cat. I'm sure your cat would appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Darkwing Duck's fantastic. But thanks again for being on this episode. As the sun rises over St. Canard, it's time to hang up our capes and call it quits on another episode of Magecast. Thanks for sticking around with us as we took this trip down multiple nostalgia lanes. Uh, I hope that you do get the chance to rewatch Darkwing Duck for yourself and play this game my goodness i i love hearing when there are folks who uh, get inspired to replay or play for the first time some of the games that we discuss in depth so i hope that's the case for you if you'd like to help support the show and keep it around and expand it make it even bigger and better you could do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash the well-read mage or please do leave us a review on sites like apple podcast thank you while this episode may be over the legend will live on Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. Hello, Multiverse! The Well-Read Mage here, taking a break from being a boss to sit you down and tell you a short story. It all began back in 1492. Fast forward several years and we now have a brand new podcast called Story Mode. It features three of your favorite people, me, of course, as well as Blue, aka Writer's View, and Ryan, aka Retro Game Brews. It's literally the Triforce of Perfection. Story Mode is a weekly show founded on video game news, video game legacy, and video game discussion between three people who don't always agree, but that's okay. In fact, it's more interesting. Story Mode is part of the TWRM family of shows, and it is sponsored by Buzzsprout as part of the Little Fellow Media Podcast Network. That's Story Mode. Agree to disagree. Find the show anywhere that podcasts are enjoyed.